I think that's one of the most profound things that I learned was that I don't just randomly happen to have these problems or these things. At some point, it was created, whether that was my own consciousness that created it or it was my soul before coming here that made this plan to create it. It was created at some point. So in order to resolve the problem, we uncreate it right? It's the duality. If something's created, we go and uncreate it. But we can only uncreate it if we've learned from it. This is for the others out there. The other ambitious people who want to play at a higher level in their life. It's time to get curious and get real. Join me and together, let's find the others. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Find the Others podcast. I am your host, Joshua Church. Grateful to have you with us. New episodes are dropping every Wednesday and Sunday, so be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can get the notification when a new episode comes out. And give me a follow on Instagram at Joshua Dean Church to catch different clips and highlights that I post. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, you find something that might be valuable, please be sure to share it with a friend who also might be into it so that together we can continue to grow our tribe of others. Today, I'm excited to bring you a great conversation I had with my friend Sadie Ackerman. Sadie is no stranger to the curveballs of life. As a thought leader and master of her craft in the field of psychological spirituality, she has been through the metaphorical ringer. From sexual, spiritual, and emotional abuse to addiction, anxiety, depression, concussions and memory loss, abortion, eating disorders, toxic poisoning, just to name a few, she can empathize with a wide range of hardships we all may face. The gift she's gleaned from it all is access to spiritual wisdom for which she has become a conduit. She shares this wisdom from both a spiritual and psychological perspective, coupling the two together. These insights and lessons have been given to her during some of the darkest times of her life. Her hope is that through awareness of this wisdom, we as individuals can find and express our purpose, power, and highest potential here on earth. We had a great conversation about the field of psychological spirituality. We dove deep into some of these hardships that she's faced, metaphysical conversations, and many psychological principles for transformation. You can check out her website, sadieackerman.com, and give her a follow on IG at Sadie Elizabeth with three E's. The link is in the show notes. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Sadie. And we're off. Sadie, welcome, welcome. Thank so you. great, so great to see you again. Good to see you too. I um I can tell that you're a professional breather based on the deep <laughs> breaths that we take. I always like to start off with a couple deep breaths. Yes. And you can tell who like practices breathing and uh-huh. who doesn't <laughs> right. based on the quality of the deep breaths and the, the exhalation and the length. So yeah, congrats yeah. on being a professional breather. Thank you. I appreciate it. I work really hard on it. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, we're all professional breathers. I mean, we, right. we do we do breathe for a living, right? Uh-huh. Every single day. We have to. Yeah. It never stops. Ironically. <laughs> ne- never, ever, ever. Um, Sadie, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast here. This is um, This is fun. As we were literally just sitting outside catching up, 
I had to pause you to be like, wait, wait, wait. We need to record the mics before we continue to go deeper know, into it. I know, I know. Our conversations always end up that way. They always end up that way. So that's why uh, we've got a podcast now that we can let it go that way. And at least Hooray! we have record of it. Um, so w- one of the things I just wanted to kind of start off by asking you, uh, as we were catching up out there, you were telling me about the flooding of your apartment, a new challenge that you have. Yep. Um, it, it seems it seems like this is a theme in your story and in your soul path here for some reason. But uh, whether it was the black mold you were the you were my black mold aficionado my reference point when i got black mold to to give me the lowdown on what to expect with it but um how do you how do you view the different challenges that come to you during life and what's your relationship with those that's a great question um i have yes had many challenges throughout my life and while i've also come from a very blessed background it's almost seemed like a crazy paradox and dichotomy. Um, that's actually taught me a lot about the world of duality, mm. that something can be so good and something can also be the opposite of whatever good may be mm-hmm. in your definition. Um, and I have spent a lot of time thinking about why these things happen. <laughs> and the question of why has usually always plagued me. So I have spent a lot of my life figuring out the answers to why. Why is this happening? What does this mean? Where is this going? Why is this the way that it is, right? And ever since I was a kid, I've always asked that. Um, and for the fact that I have experienced so many crazy, weird, and kind of hard things. Um, I have come to the realization that these things are happening because I do feel like a big part of my sole purpose and my mission for being here is to have what a normal, what you'd consider like normal lifetime of challenge could look like in a very short and expedited time frame for the purpose of me like growing through it and cleansing it out and clearing it. Um, we can talk about this too, but I'm really big on Carl Jung and he Mm. has a quote in filth, it shall be found. Mm. And that's like the unconscious mind, our baggage, all the shit, all of the challenges, all of the hard stuff that gets piled on top of us. I do feel like it's one of my biggest purposes, what I call the spiritual hero's journey to cleanse all of that and to be able to come out on the other side, victorious, if you will. Um, and I do feel like those challenges have strengthened me and I've decided to take them as learning experiences Mm. and have tried my best, my very best to learn from every single one of them and figure out how I can use this as something to help and support me moving forward. I love that. And I love the spiritual, the, the, the hero's journey. Are you referencing like the, um, like the circle of the hero's journey when they transfer from the ordinary world into the supernatural world, they face the challenges and come back? Yes. Yes. Somewhere along those lines. Yeah. A really good analogy that I actually use is the Lord of the Rings. Yep. Um, he has an incredible alliteration of the hero's journey, mm-hmm. right? Because Mm -hmm. we start off in our quote unquote comfort zone and we are somewhat chosen if we decide to take that challenge of the call to adventure. Yes, the call to adventure, going on the journey to face the orcs and to face the battles Mm -hmm. and to face what's really hard, right? Like the quote, I don't know, I might misquote this, but it's, you know, what you most greatly seek is in the place that you most don't want to look for it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So the hero's journey is very much about that. You go through these, you know, checkpoints, if you will, of challenges and 
growth opportunities and sometimes you have to recede and you're like, whoa, this is way too intense. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of how life goes for me personally. And I think a lot of people can potentially resonate with that, right? Like the challenges that I've been through are not new. They're not like what no one else has gone through. For some reason, it's just been very consistent and it's like over and over and over again. And, you know, there is an aspect of, you know, how much of this do we actually manifest, you know? is part of my consciousness creating these events outside of me or is it just my destiny to have gone through Mm. all these things i think it's a combination of both for sure and i also talk about that a lot um in these types of conversations yeah really interesting so what was the you know this this had to have been born from somewhere for you specifically like what what was the the first challenge where you might have been like oh you know maybe this is me on this journey maybe this because i feel like we're kind of asleep to it at a certain point i know i certainly was and then there's some sort of thing that happens like what was your call to adventure when you realize like okay cool maybe there's maybe these challenges are happening for me not just to me yes oh that gives me chills actually when you're asking me that Um, the immediate thought that I had was when I was in Hawaii, um, I really, really struggled when I lived in Hawaii. It was such a, another paradox, right? Because it's so beautiful there. Anytime I tell someone I lived in Hawaii, they're like, oh my gosh, you're so lucky. That's so amazing. And I'm like, yeah, it was amazing. And it was also very challenging and, and hard in a lot of ways. Um, I ended up being in a relationship for about five and a half years and I was very, depressed and stuck and didn't want that to be my life anymore. And when I ended that relationship, um, I had been so codependent that I couldn't live on my own. I was so anxious. I couldn't go anywhere. Mm. So I was only really going to school and back to my house. And my work was at the school as well, the university. So I was just like in a clam shell. Like it was ter- like everything was terrifying to me. <laughs> and the, that person that I was with was like who I thought I was the most safe with. Mm-hmm. And so when I ended that relationship, I was feeling utter unsafeness. <laughs> I don't know what the right word for that would be, but um, it was a very traumatic experience, I suppose, because I didn't have any family. I had one friend basically. Well, I had a couple closer people to me, but like people that I could really rely on and that were there for me, um, I had few and far Mm -hmm. between. And that's also due to me not being able to connect with people that well at that time. Um, And when I had that moment of, okay, I am completely alone and I feel very unsafe. I'm so anxious about everything. I have no family. Um, That was definitely a low breaking point for me. And I ended up seeing a energy healer from Canada. And when she was doing work with me for like a six week period, that was when I had what I would consider like my first quote unquote awakening. Mm -hmm. And when I started realizing oh my gosh, my energy, like I'm a very sensitive person. I take on the energy of a lot of people. I didn't even know what like the term quote unquote energy meant and empath. And that put me on a trajectory to just expand myself and open up and figure out all these things and start realizing like, oh, I've had a lot of these challenges, A, because of just how and who I am and B, because I think there's a much greater purpose to all of the pain and suffering I've been through, the childhood trauma and 
all of the things. And I definitely grew up with a strong victim mentality. Like, oh, this is just always happening to me. Everything bad happens to me. I am such a victim. Mm. I am, you know, just constantly experiencing pain and suffering and it's never going to change. That mindset started changing at that point. And it's definitely taken years and years and years <laughs> to continue to shift that mindset because one, when I had such a patterned way of behaving and thinking, it takes a little while to change that. Yeah. So I've been on that path ever That's since. Amazing. Yeah, you've got to rewire the the neural connections, the neural pathways. Yes. But what's really cool is, and I and I'd love to hear from your perspective. One of the things that I realized uh, a couple of years ago, I was I was skiing in Aspen or uh, in, in Breckenridge in Colorado, and. I came down and tore my MCL skiing from a gnarly wipeout. Uh, yeah. And the crazy thing was like the instant that I wiped out and I felt the pain in my knee and my face hit the snow, the first thought that came to my mind was, well, can't wait to see how this leads to something good. Like, can't wait to see what this leads to. Yeah. Uh, and and at that moment I realized, and I went through the whole grieving process of having to change plans and the right. pain. And I allowed myself to feel those emotions, obviously. But totally. the, the, the trip for that to me was, whoa, like you can really change the neural connections in your brain and your and the way that you think and see the world through just the constant repetition and, and yeah. pro, like programming yourself yeah. like a computer as we were talking about outside there. So I'm curious to hear a little bit more from your your perspective around the, the effects that you've seen on that because I know psychology is a big is a big area of focus for you and what you've studied and how you've seen those changes take place in your own life. Yeah. So like I was saying with the victim mentality that I had for such a long time, um, it does take a consistent commitment mm. to something different and um, really wanting something else for yourself because I realized no one else was going to do it for me right? Being, being very much in that like victim mindset, I wanted everyone else to kind of do things for me. Even though I was from the outside looking in, some people were very much admiring of me and they're like, wow, you're so independent and so confident and so powerful. But on the inside, I was not, <laughs> right? And it took a very long time for me to get up to, to uh, what's the right word? Um, get a hold of my strength, I guess, yeah. if you will, so that I knew that I was in charge and that only by me choosing what I really want in my life is it going to change, right? Because just by thinking about repatterning something doesn't do it. Mm. <laughs> you, you have to actually do it and you have to put the time and energy and effort and commitment into it. Like I think that so much in our society these days, we're just so used to everything being automatic, mm. everything being easy, um, someone else doing it for us. And that's what we seek, right? We want everything to be automated. We want everything to be taken care of for us. We want uh, someone else to do the hard work for us. But in this instance, it's sometimes hard to hear, but it can be easy and it does take effort. That's like the pinnacle of if you're wanting something, you need to put the energy and effort into it and to actually commit to it and do it. And then that's how you create the result. So for me, once I finally was like, okay, I need, want something different. And it's, it's, it got to a point where, you know, I had to be shaken so much and so many times. And these challenges have had to rock me and shake me and take me to the breaking point in the bottom of the barrel to be like, okay, I need to do this for myself. I need to choose this. I need to be committed to this. I need to actually put the work into it and be committed to it. And um, 
to seek resources to help me, right? Because we can't do it alone either. When we're having to change our patterns and our mindsets and our energy, right? Like your energy field is coded in a certain way. That's how I think of patterns, like psychologically and energetically and spiritually, mixing all those together, right? Like our neural pathways are a certain way, which creates a certain code, if you will, in our energy field. And it takes time for that to shift, just like your physical body, right? One of my biggest mentors, Um, who I've learned so much from, he says, energy can change instantaneously. The physical takes a little while to catch up. So you have to be patient. And your energy field, very much in my opinion, is like the physical body where when you're reprogramming and repatterning certain things, your energy field has to match that yeah and it, it takes a little time to like that. recalibrate to, yeah. the, to the shifts of the yes. changes yes exactly and then when once all those things start aligning more then we start feeling more whole and integrated and less fragmented mm. so when it comes to you know the the experiences that i've had in my past i had a lot of fragments and i still do i work on them constantly right, right. like integrating the self to be, become more whole um when we have those traumatic experiences or we're trying to repattern our mind or change our mindset or what we're, you know, needing to move into, sometimes that can fragment ourselves, um, meaning that like our consciousness splits and that self that we used to be somewhat gets left behind and the self that we're growing into leaves it behind. And so it's important to like do work to bring those parts back and integrate them mm. and do all of that. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I'm curious to get your perspective on is, so I love this kind of duality and there are two sides of the same coin, the psychology, spirituality. I mean, you're big into, um, in, in the business world and entrepreneurship and you're a go-getter. Um, I'm reading this book from, um, Vishan, um, Lakahani. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He's the founder of Mind Valley. if you're familiar oh, with Mind yeah. Valley, mm-hmm. Amazing book. Um, his first book, Code of the Extraordinary Mind, was incredible. I'm reading his second, um, The Buddha and the Badass. Nice. Where he talks about these, like, these two archetypes of, like, the Buddha, yeah. the person that's, you know, the archetype of being willing to sit with your things and 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 follow your impulses and your instincts in that way and then the badass like the go-getter mm-hmm. so how do you like what does the buddha and the badass mean to you and how do you combine those two um to still get things done and move forward but also put yourself first yes oh i love that question <laughs> it's so good um so my interpretation of buddha and badass would be masculine feminine so okay. the Buddha in my vocabulary would be like feminine mm-hmm. and the badass would be masculine. And and I know I don't mean that as in gender. Right. It's not like it's it's not gender, it's an energy frequency and it's characteristics of that energy frequency, right? Mm-hmm. So a feminine energy is surrender, it's nurturance, it's slowing down, it's love, it's um taking things easy. It's gentle. It's flowy. It's chaotic. In Mm. Jordan Peterson's words, he uses order and chaos, right? right? Chaos is feminine. Order is masculine. And he also doesn't mean it with gender necessarily. It's just a frequency. It's it's aspects of this world of duality, Mm -hmm. right? Because we can say there's light and dark. There's left and right. There's up and down. It's the same idea. It's just these, these terms which represent these feelings. Right. So feminine is very flowy. Masculine is very much order. It's strength. It's the go-getter. It's the badass. Mm. It's the entrepreneur, the one that's, you know, up early in the morning and has a routine and a schedule and is constantly go, go, go and wants to protect and has a very strong boundary and um, just just very 
full of order is the best way to put it. Yep. So when it comes to balancing those two, that's why I think this concept of duality is so profound and amazing to me because right. from a spiritual perspective, right, I view this entire world and this incarnation as a dimension, right? We're in the third dimension right now. We have hard things. We're on a table. We have microphones. We can feel it, mm. see it, hear it, taste it. That's very third dimensional. Those are our, our senses, right? And when we go beyond the third dimension, we get into the fourth. The fourth is layered on top of the third. It's what you would consider... Um, how I see it is like a sandwich. So the third is where we're at right now in the physical, but our energy exists in the fourth and the fifth. So I know I'm kind of getting off topic here. But this is on topic. You're okay. right on topic. Keep <laughs> okay, going. Perfect. <laughs> so the fourth dimension, in my opinion, and in my experience is where when we leave our physical body, potentially like if we astral travel mm -hmm. or when someone passes away and crosses over to the other side, quote unquote, mm -hmm. they're going into these other dimensions. And this is where like ghosts, what you would call ghosts or disembodied spirits or um, energy fragments or anything of that nature exists in the fourth dimension. And there's almost like a, a skin layer over the fourth dimension that separates the fourth and the fifth. So the fifth dimension is that which is beyond the third and the fourth, obviously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's like where I perceive and in my own mind perceive like the reality of that dimension being like the spiritual mm -hmm. realm where duality doesn't exist. So my whole point and purpose of saying all of that is that the fifth dimension and beyond from my perspective and from what I've learned doesn't have duality. And when in the fourth dimension, we do have duality, but it's not with our physical bodies. It's in our energy and our mind and our emotions. Our mind, energy, and emotions are encapsulated in the fourth dimension because they're things that we can't tangibly experience, mm -hmm. right? It's our energy that experiences them. Like when you have a thought and I can sense what you're mm -hmm. thinking or feeling, that's when someone says, you know, I love you. Mm -hmm. That's a feeling that you're transferring between one another that transcends the third dimension, the physical reality. Right. Right. So in the third and fourth, we have duality. And that's where this quote unquote masculine feminine dynamic comes from. Mm -hmm. This is also so fascinating to me because when it comes to like spiritually, right, we we start with one and that one has turned into two, which these if you think about it dimensionally. Right. We started with one. What do you mean we started with one? So everything began right. with it. one. With, with something. With, with something. One thing. Right. right. In, in the ancient Hawaiian lineage of um what I was trained in, in like Huna and whatnot, um, they have a creation story that's very much like the the Jewish, the Christian, you know, creation story that um, that once there was nothing and then there was everything. Right. Basically, right. like there there was darkness and then within the darkness, this is like the Hawaiian version. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Within the darkness, they call that the Po. There was an energy that rumbled and it created life essentially so out of nothing came something mm -hmm. so out of this is really difficult to explain in words and i need to get better at it but out of nothing came something so there was one then there became two and then because there were two then that creates three so it's think of it in like a relationship mm -hmm. right so you have your you are a person you're one individual when you fully integrate yourself you are one and then when you work on your shit and your stuff, then you become ready to be in a partnership. Then that creates two. And then because you have two. You together are a third entity. You together entity, right? are a third entity. Right. And you have the capability of creating new life. 
when two come mm. together. One can't create life by itself. Mm-hmm. Two has to happen and then creates life, which is the third. Right. So like the Holy Trinity of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Right. That is very much representative mm-hmm. of this third dimension. So with duality, it's duality that allows creation to be made. You can't have creation without having one without the other because mm-hmm. it doesn't you exist. You need masculine and feminine. You need the sperm and the egg. Yes. Right? You need to have that which is not. Mm. You need to have that which is and that which is not. Interesting. Because only to know one can you know the other, mm-hmm. which is what the idea of creation is. Right. There's actually a spiritual law of creation that talks about that and that alliterates that essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the duality, like we were this long tangent (laughs) coming back to this concept of duality is so fascinating to me because we can't escape it as much as we're trying to like transcend this world. You know, some people might have that goal, um, to not be in duality, to only want to experience bliss and pure, you know, whatever that is, euphoria. Um, that's just not a reality in this, in in this reality (laughs) in the third dimension, because we do have duality. So, how we can work with that, you asked me, like, how do you use both and how do you balance it? I very much see it as a a flow back and forth, right? Because sometimes certain energy warrants its expression, whereas other times other energy warrants its expression. So sometimes it is important to be in the flow, to be highly intuitive, to be sensitive, to be nurturing, to be calm and slowing down and to meditate like the Buddha, um, in that book that you referenced. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's necessary to be the go-getter, to go get shit done, to work really hard, to have a schedule, to be routined. So it's important to have both of those aspects. And in my opinion, having those two aspects of ourselves be very healthy and and balanced and in harmony with one another is what we're all seeking. Mm. It's not that we want to get rid of one or the other. By deleting one, we also delete the other. Yeah. Does that two, make two sense? Two sides of the same coin. Right. Yeah. yeah. You have to have both sides. Yeah. So it's not about, you know, getting rid of one or hating one or, you know, and getting into a totally other tangent, which we can either go into or not. So much of our, I guess, for lack of a better word, trauma or baggage or problems or obstacles are typically the wounds that exist in these two energy fields within ourselves. Gotcha. So we have masculine wounds, we have feminine wounds. Yeah, let's 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 go there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's go there because I know that this this relates to a lot of the work that you do with some of your one-on-one clients and a lot of the healing work you've done and continue to do for yourself. Yes. But also with other people. Tell me a little bit more about the, I guess, how you first discovered the uh, healing childhood traumas, how that, how that came up with you personally, and then the evolution of that to, you know, your, your work and process to what you're doing now. Yes. Okay. So, Ooh, that could be a very long story. Loaded question. <laughs> yeah. So let me think about where's best to start there. Um, for me personally, I really started working on my like deep inner child and mm-hmm. childhood wounding trauma um when i was in my early 20s okay. and just I- like give me give me like the the rundown if someone's listening who doesn't is not familiar with like what does childhood trauma or wounds mean like Got what's it. the basic yes. level yes good question so <laughs> It's inescapable. (laughs) And I don't mean that to be scary. It's just the reality of the situation. Um, When we come here, we kind of experience trauma, even with birth, 
right? Like that's a very traumatic experience. You are like in this beautiful nested womb and then you come out into the world and you're screaming, you're crying, you're taking your first breath. Like it can be really overwhelming. And we think that it's not a big deal because we're not conscious of it. Like we don't remember it, but that's why like nervous system work is so important because your body, your energy field is being coded by the time basically like inception happens, right? Mm-hmm. Even when you're in the womb, like I remember being in my mother's womb without her even telling me what had gone on. I did some of the therapy that I do. Someone had, someone did it to me mm-hmm. and I went back to memories of being in my mother's womb. Like a regression therapy yeah. type of thing where you yes. go back to memories? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mental emotional release mm-hmm. um, is the name of the That's therapy. Right. M-E-M, right? Um, M-E-R. M-E-R. Mental yes. emotional release, right? Mental emotional release. So that like regression Rest me back to those memories. And I have had in my adult life issues with feeling triggered around being rejected or being left mm. out or not being, not feeling wanted, even though the outside world sees me as being very wanted. I didn't feel it inside myself. So I was working on this situation, which to answer your question of like, what is childhood wounding and trauma? Typically when you're an adult and you have a problem, most of the time it's rooted in something you experience as a child. Mm. So how you experience life from inception to age seven has, that is when you're developing. And this is psychological principles. Psychological like 101. principles, right. 101. Right. Yes. You are developing you, and from a spiritual perspective, you're still very open to those other dimensions. So a lot of kids that start making up things or they have imaginary friends or they're talking to their parents like, I saw this and this today, or I know this and that, you know, the parents are like, what? where did that even come from? Right. How are you? Wait, what? There's this incredible Reddit thread on like craziest things. My toddlers told me and, and, and it's like parents asking their kids to like, do you, do you remember like, where were you before? Where were you before this? And they'll, they'll, they'll talk about imagery or they'll talk about like, Oh, you know, when you weren't my mom and, and before I came here, like this mm-hmm. was, this person was my mom or they'll talk about like family members or past or like things that they wouldn't be able to know. It's right. the coolest thread ever. That's so amazing. definitely check it out. Yeah. I would but love so, that. so, so continue. Yeah. So, uh, they're very connected to that side mm-hmm. when we're that age. And then when we turn seven, which numerologically, I'm also very much into numerology. Number seven is a very significant spiritual number. Mm -hmm. And once that age is reached, then we start almost like the doors start closing Mm. to our connection to the other side. Mm-hmm. Some people, those doors stay open. That's what happened to me. I have always been connected to that side and have experienced some of my childhood trauma and like wounding. Those are such heavy words, right. but you know, they are just the labels that we have to describe right. that experience. Um, that was happening for me most of my childhood, even past seven, because for whatever reason, those quote unquote doors that disconnected me or should have disconnected me from the other side was remained open. What do you mean by that? Like how so? So <laughs> I know because you you would be able to like would, would you com- able to communicate with the spirit world or yes. see things what yes. was that process like all of the above all the above I could see feel hear lots of things that other people couldn't mm-hmm. and so I was I in my childhood home mm-hmm. we had a family of ghosts in the basement okay we had uh, <laughs> I know this is like. <laughs> it, it, there's really no way to just like enter yeah, yeah. this <laughs> topic. <laughs> and and trust me, I didn't believe even myself. Right. This is also some of my quote unquote 
wounding sure. was that I was constantly told yeah that I yeah. was crazy that what I was seeing hearing feeling wasn't real yeah like oh my gosh like city's imagination runs wild she's right. just so sensitive she's emotional all the time she's like scared and mm-hmm. she's unhappy and she's you know emo or dark or whatever um but it was actually because I was so sensitive to all of these things in the house and anywhere that I would go, I was picking up. It was like I was a very bright beacon of light mm-hmm. and these things in these other dimensions can see and feel and hear that. And they're like, oh, my God, she can like she can hear us. We need to go talk to her. Yeah. <laughs> she needs to help us. And so, yeah, I was just like a magnet for all of these things. And. Because I didn't believe any of the things that I actually was experiencing were real, I grew up very Catholic and, you know, that was not very accepted in that paradigm. Um, It was very challenging for me. And I was consistently told I'm a witch, I'm the devil, I'm going to hell, I'm a bad person, I am making up things, I am crazy. Uh, The list went on and on. Mm. So that was also part of the wounding, right? Because as I'm told that as a child, then in my adulthood, I have these unconscious beliefs, which that's what quote unquote baggage is. It's unconscious beliefs, limiting beliefs, negative emotions, all of the gunk that comes up um, that doesn't feel very good and that prevents us from being who we want to be, doing what we want to do, having what we want to have, right? Mm. So. I started developing all of these very limiting beliefs and thinking that I'm a crazy person, that what I say doesn't matter, and that no one wants to hear what I have to say because it's not even real, and that things that I'm hearing, seeing, feeling don't exist, so they must not have any purpose or meaning, and it's insignificant, and I don't matter. So those were all beliefs that I had about myself. I don't matter. I'm not good enough, and we can get into like the core wounds Mm -hmm. that almost everyone at least has one, if not all of them from their experience as a child. Um, So in my experience as a kid in this household, I finally, when I was 23, I think Mm -hmm. around that time, I went back to that childhood house because I moved to Hawaii at age 19. Um, I went back to that childhood home. My parents were moving, thank God. And um, I had a professional house clearer come and she validated everything that I experienced as Mm. a kid. So it took that long from when I was a toddler to when I was 23 for someone to validate me that what I was seeing, hearing, feeling was actually real. Because I didn't tell her a single lick about the house. I just knew that there was someone else moving in and I couldn't have a clear conscience allowing these grandchildren to move into this home knowing that I was tortured my entire childhood, right? So I didn't tell her that I felt this it way and that like way. It seems like horror movie-esque. It was. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I can get into like some specifics if that's of interest to whoever we're speaking to, <laughs> but it was like horrible. It was stuff. Yeah, like I have... I have had a lot of um, wounded masculine because mm-hmm. I never felt safe. I constantly felt attacked and there was a negative male entity attached to one of the mirrors in the house mm. that actually multiple people, even throughout my childhood, would talk about it being there. We felt like we were being chased up the stairs. Both my sister, my boyfriend at that time when we were in high school, uh, my brother-in-law, and some of my other friends, they were like, dude, your house feels like just creepy. Like it's scary here. And other people could feel it, not just me. So, yeah. but, but because I was so patterned and conditioned to believe that I'm wrong and that I'm a crazy person, then I, I was also telling them, yeah. no, you're wrong. You're crazy. Right. Like it's fine. So then 
then so then this person came and validated basically these these certain things oh yes validated everything yeah. what yeah. was what was your parents response to that they were like wow maybe sadie was yeah. right and i'm like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> like this is so much like oh i've been through so much and now you're like okay maybe sadie is yeah. right yeah. so they're they're um connection to me and their response to me has drastically changed right. where you know I talk a lot about what a lot of people consider to be crazy and to be honest I think sometimes it goes goes over my parents head and I just talk and talk like yeah. I am now and they're like just let Sadie talk yeah. like she's fine <laughs> I'm an actual processor too so yeah. um but yeah they they very much more believe me and because I've still remained open and I've learned how to ground myself more, I can bring in and pull in more of that energy from higher dimensions into here, which is what I get downloads from. And then because my downloads are such profound wisdom that like isn't mine, mm. but that I'm connecting to and it's being given to me, then they're like, wow, okay, Sadie's got something figured out here. Mm. Like even though she seems as though she's really struggling in life and things are just like really weird for her because it's just thing after thing after thing there's also this aspect to her that she's just so connected yeah. to this like mm -hmm. inner wisdom and like where does that come from uh, I, I had this friend that he always he would always say a lot of people would think he was crazy um and he would always say his name is ricky and he would always say uh Ricky's either the craziest person or Ricky knows the most. Yeah. It's like one of the two. It's like he's yeah. either crazy or he knows the most. And yeah. I'm trying to figure out which one it is. <laughs> yeah. And to be honest, maybe it's yeah. both. Yeah, a little bit of both. You know, sometimes when we know the most, it is crazy yeah, right. because it's things that we can't even fathom. Mm. Like we think that we know and we know absolutely nothing. If ever I say that I know everything and anything, you must slap me yeah. because that's impossible. Yeah, gotcha. I will never, ever know anything none of us will because we have such limited minds, mm. such limited consciousness. And that's not to to belittle us or berate us by any stretch. It's just the reality. Yeah, the same way you can't explain to my dog what the internet is. Right, exactly. It's just like there's just different that's modes a great of, analogy. Like, of, of comprehension <laughs> for what we have, the the instruments of, of understanding. Like, yes. And so, okay, I want to I wanna hear about the, the, you were about to go into it, the three or somewhat of the, the certain patterns or most common childhood traumas that people experience. Yes, I call them core wounds. Core wounds. Yes. Okay, tell the me a little more about wounds. those. Three core wounds. So, yeah, so to uh, summarize the childhood trauma wounding, right, our parents will wound us. It's just the reality. We will wound our children. It's just what's going to happen. We can do our best to continuously be the best that we can be, but we can't ever do everything. So even the slightest comment can create a wound that then could change the trajectory of one's life. Um, so the experience as a kid, like I said, will greatly impact your adulthood and how you experience life, how your psychology is, what your beliefs are about yourself and the world, what your paradigm is, how you process and handle emotions. There is an aspect to everything that is destiny and there's an aspect to everything that is free will. Again, the dual the, universe. Right. Both of those are integrated together. They work simultaneously together just like light and dark do. So some people that are like, oh, free will doesn't exist or destiny doesn't exist, they both exist. We can go on that topic as well. Um, the three core wounds in um, our programming that I've come to find, you know, other people might have different interpretations, are I'm not good enough, I'm alone, I'm unsafe. Hmm. 
So every problem that I've found in myself and in others that I've worked with and through all of the stuff that I've done, um, every problem is rooted in one of these three core wounds. So as we dig and dig and dig and dig, that's what ends up coming to the surface as we go to the deepest layer, right? Is this core belief about oneself, I'm not good enough, I am alone, I am unsafe. And through those core wounds, you create your paradigm, your reality, your life, and your limiting beliefs and your negative emotions that then can impact your relationships, can impact your work life, can impact your friendships, can impact your hobbies and what you do, how you communicate, how you speak to other people, um, how other people respond to you. Because as much as you can be highly self-aware and know everything that's going on, your energy field is giving out a message to other people that they are then responding to. And it all happens at an unconscious level. We're not thinking about it consciously most of the time unless you're just like really, really. Yeah, and we can't see it either. We that. feel it the same way when you walk into a room and you know that like something bad's just happened or somebody's just got bad news. Like you tangibly feel it yes. or vice versa. You walk into a room and somebody's like excited you can without even seeing them you can feel and there's all the studies around that yes. show this right yep. in mm -hmm. the same room type of thing of what you're admitting out there yes exactly and that's what i'm talking about like we are now having science catch up to right. spiritual wisdom right. that we're, we have instruments that can measure the fourth dimension now we can measure that which lies beyond our physical senses and beyond what we see what we hear what we feel um what we touch right so that is really profound that we're getting into that space and it's funny because there's still a lag to going into even higher dimensions but i do believe that that's where we're going as mm -hmm. a collective and that our consciousness is is rising to get us more coherent with understanding those dimensions and what it's like and having those experiences brought down to this dimension mm -hmm. if that makes yeah, sense yeah it makes total sense so if you're just the average person who wants to get a little bit better in, in, in your life, like what, what advice do you have to that person? I, I love all these concepts. What advice do you have to that person around the either identifying some of these, these core traumas? What did you call them? The core wounds, the core wounds, identifying some of these core wounds, working through these quarter wounds. Like what advice do you have to someone who just like wants to be a bit better? Who's new to this idea of core wounds? Great question. Um, I, would say even having a slight awareness or listening to this and having the awareness that, oh, perhaps this might be something. I think that having an open mind is one of the greatest tools anyone could have at any point in time. Having an open mind and having the humility to recognize and look inside oneself and be able to ask questions. Honestly, that's what a majority of my healing work is to get to these core wounds is asking questions. So if, you know, someone is experiencing pain or they have an obstacle or they have a challenge, I always have them ask themselves, what does this represent? Where does this come from? What have I experienced before that could have led to this? Things like that. Those types of questions will help you get to the root of where this is coming from. If if you're not um, excelling in an area or if you're wanting to get better and you feel stuck or whatever it is that's blocking you, 
recognizing that, okay, this has existed for a reason. This was created at some point in time. You don't just mysteriously have a problem, right? Like there was something at some point that happened along your timeline that created this. Mm. I think that's one of the most profound things that I learned was that I don't just randomly happen to have these problems or these things. At some point it was created, whether that was my own consciousness that created it or it was my soul before coming here that made this plan to create it. It was created at some point. So in order to resolve the problem, we uncreate it, right? It's the duality. If something's created, we go and uncreate it, but we can only uncreate it if we've learned from it. So when you have finally learned from something, it allows you to uncreate the discomfort and the dis-ease that yeah, has come from that. That's beautiful. That's a lot. Are you familiar with Dr. John Demartini? Uh, no? I've heard of him. Yeah, he, he talks him. a lot about, um, about this type of work around dissolving some of these emotional charges as well. Uh, definitely really great. Uh, what, what I've taken from that, and then I love that, I think of it very, very similarly, which is that we're experiencing the quote unquote problem because it's really here to give us some piece of value, right? Yes. Or else it wouldn't exist. Nothing exists that doesn't have serve a purpose. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. if, if we're experiencing some sort of problem, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's an indicator for, Hey, bring your attention here, focus here. There's something here for you. Yes. And if you try to get away from that problem, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. It's yep. not going to go away. But if you actually turn and can learn from the problem and then appreciate what that is actually helping show you, it's, it dissolves. And, and, and I mean, it's such a trip when you talk about the physical, physical catching up to I've seen this personally with my physical body with injuries being able to recover from injuries faster or having certain ailments and being able to use the same process to the physical body and and recovery at, at rates or speeds that don't make sense to most people or if it's whatever pain I'm dealing with being able to shift that pain and how that goes it's really incredible so I love I love the way that you articulated that though it makes makes a lot of sense in my mind thank you yeah it has taken me a while to get there <laughs> and it makes a lot of sense to me too because yeah. exactly what you said there is nothing that exists here without a purpose and something is here to give us value and what you said too I want to bring that forward is that if you don't deal with it it will continuously show up right it's the same shit different day right different person same problem right like it's that will continuously show up in different contexts and i think this is something that it for me took a little while to figure out but then when i had this really profound like awareness of how things were working um i realized oh this problem is showing up in this context let's say with work where I'm not feeling good enough. So I'm not asking for what I feel worthy of receiving, you know, compensation wise Mm -hmm. um, with clients or with whatever it is. And I'm constantly, you know, decreasing my rate or not having good enough boundaries because I feel like I need to just overgive. Then that also shows up in my relationships because Mm -hmm. then I don't feel good enough in my relationship where I feel like I have to overgive. I feel like I have to constantly, you know, break my boundary down and and not take care of myself because I need to take care of someone else. Mm. So even if the problem is in one category of life, that doesn't mean that it only exists in that category. It's going to show up in all the categories. It just might look a little bit different. But that's why these core wounds are so important to get to the bottom of, because when we heal those core wounds, then it starts healing all the symptoms in all the contexts above the core wound. Yes. Does that make sense? Makes total sense. So the... The thread that I see around this is um, it starts with the awareness 
to be able to, to, to recognize these core wounds. Cause I feel like a lot of people are walking around with these core wounds, but they don't realize that they're wounded. It's yes. just become such a default way of operating yep. that maybe, or maybe they've consciously decided to block, to, it to block it out. Right. So how have you developed that awareness and what advice do you have to people to cultivate that awareness yep. of these potential wounds? Yeah. Great question as well. Um, to be honest, it's really hard to do on your own. Um, I personally, my journey involved doing personal development type of uh, things. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did ALA, Ascension Leadership Academy. That was a very great experience. There were some parts that weren't the best. And overall, my experience was, was very helpful and very profound. Um, through that experience, other people reflect back to you what's going on. Because sometimes we... Our unconscious mind will block us from feeling pain because it's not comfortable. We right. don't want to feel pain. And that's not its job. Its job is is not necessarily to allow us to feel pain. So we almost have to give ourselves permission to receive the gift that might be painful at first, but that will give us what we really want later, mm. right? So I had a lot of resources and healers and programs and people around me that could help reflect back to me what my problems were. During that training, some of the greatest epiphs that I had were that... I love, I love the word epiph. Epiph, I know, I've not right? heard it used in that context. The, I'm going to start calling all epiphanies yes, epiphs. It's yes. so cheeky. I love epiph, it. yes. Okay. Shout out to the epiphs. <laughs> Shout out to the epiphs. I love it. Taking notes on it. Yes. <laughs> um, one of the greatest epiphs that I had was when I was in a feedback arc and everyone was basically yelling at me. It was one of the experiences, mm -hmm. which hopefully they don't get mad at me for yeah. sharing about it. But um, I was showing up as a sad and scared little girl because that was what my childhood trauma and wounding was. I didn't know that consciously. I didn't know that other people around me might have like perceived me as being a victim or being someone that was just sad and scared all the time. But having received that feedback was really profound, really hard. It was very hurtful, <laughs> but it ultimately led me to to shift that mentality and to heal those wounds that the sad and scared little Sadie experienced, which like we talked about earlier, were from, you know, experiences with, you know, sexual abuse and trauma mm -hmm. and spiritual abuse and trauma, which some people don't really realize exists, but it totally does. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say that for someone that is wanting to get more into figuring out, you know, having more awareness, like you said, it definitely takes feedback. Yeah. You need great. people in your life that are very loving and very honest that aren't just going to tell you what you want to hear or aren't just going to, you know, cover you with roses and look at you with rose colored glasses. While that feels really comfortable and really nice and really good, that's not going to allow you to grow. Unfortunately, growing pains, we say growing pains exist for a reason because sometimes growth can be a little bit painful. It can be really hard to look inside yourself and say, wow, I have been quite a victim in this situation or I've been showing up really poorly or I have been scared my whole life to do what I really want to do. And like, where's that coming from? Or I have felt so insecure about my body or about, you know, my intelligence or my ability to go out on my own and do something, right? 
it's really hard to admit those things and to look at yourself. And it is another layer of difficulty to have someone else say it to you. But that's where the sense of self needs to be very strong. Mm. So I do core work with people where we pull all their parts and bring their energy back into their core, which starts at the crown of the head and goes down to the perineum or perineum, however it's pronounced. I'm not great at pronunciation. Um, but the core energy goes down that that channel, if you will. It's right in front of the spinal cord. Mm. And when you are integrated in yourself, which this is a, another whole nother topic, is the five personality patterns. <laughs> That's also fascinating. Mm. Um, but when you're integrated in yourself, then you can receive feedback more because you're not um, outside of yourself, if that makes any kind of sense. So receiving feedback from others, very, very helpful and very powerful. Honest and loving communication with how other people might be perceiving you or experiencing you or what they see in you or what they see your mm. patterns being. Um, my sister is so wonderful and so amazing and great. And she has been my quote unquote climbing buddy where we have the analogy where we're both climbing mountains right? And because I'm climbing my mountain, I can't always see what's above me. And I can't always see where I'm going or what obstacle I'm facing and how hard it might be. And she is on another mountain and she has a very full, beautiful view of my mountain. And she can be like, hey, I see you climbing your mountain and I can see things that you can't see. So then she shares things with me that she's able to see that I'm not able to see. And we need those people in our life that can give us that kind of feedback. So brilliant. I love that. Yeah. It's a great, that's a great analogy of it. It's the whole thing. You can't see the forest from the trees sometimes, right? Yeah. Something like that. Never made sense to me that one, but <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. 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 yeah for sure. I, and I think that that's, that's really, that's a big point. And that's something that I look back at and I'm very grateful to have had, um, and to have like a community of friends who are willing to give me the feedback and who are open to receiving the feedback as well. Mm -hmm. when, when, when I first moved to LA and lived with three other of my best friends that moved out from Ohio and we just decided to like, hey, let's give this thing called life a crack and like, let's get <laughs> in on it together and let's just, let's, let's, let's hustle, let's grind, like let's go, let's get after it. Uh, it's amazing to see everybody now just doing incredible things. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that was essential that I think helped us in our development so much was that we were not only open to receiving feedback, but we were very quick to seek feedback. Yes. And we were constantly, and I think like there's different stages to it. A lot of people don't want to hear feedback because mm -hmm. that's could be critical. That could affect me. That could hurt. Yeah. So they don't, they don't want to hear it. Yep. And then some people are open to it where they're open to hearing feedback. If you say, Hey, are you open to feedback? Yeah, I'm open to feedback. I'm open to grow. But I think that next level is are you open to, are you willing to seek feedback? Are you willing to actually go see how you can actively get better? And that to me sped up the, the rate of growth tremendously. Mm -hmm. um, so I love that idea though, of building that reflective muscle through receiving feedback from other people. So yes. that's, that's a good little nugget there. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. You're welcome. Of course. <laughs> I love how you take it a step further too, with actually wanting to seek feedback. I think that relates back to what I was attempting to say earlier, that you have to do the work. Yes. Like you have to put energy into it. Yeah. You can't just sit back and think that, oh, if you put a dream board up, like you're going to manifest every, the whole life that you want, the partner that you want, the career you want, the money you want, all the things. You have to go get it. You yeah. have to become the vibrational match 
for what it is that you want. Mm -hmm. That doesn't just happen overnight by you not doing anything. (laughs) So seeking feedback, seeking support, seeking people or places or programs or things that can help you shift things very significantly. Because as much as you know, shifting things might seem hard. Energy shifts like this, right. like we talked about. Oh, yeah. And energy can be moved and morphed and changed very quickly. You can release an emotion really fast. Little kids do it. They do. All the time, All right? the time. Yeah. <laughs> We've just it. been patterned and conditioned that we can't. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So my, my, that same mentor I was talking about, he always said, um, it's never the release that takes the longest. It's the journey to get there, Mm. to be ready to release. That takes the longest. So being able and willing to seek the feedback to acknowledge and give yourself permission to release. So many times we hold on to grudges and to resentment. And Jordan Peterson talks about this a lot of, you know, harboring resentment and that can turn into anger and that turns into disease in the body. And when we hold on to things, whether it's anger, fear, sadness, hurt, guilt, that creates a massive, a mass chaos in our body. And yeah, seeking the feedback, Mm -hmm. doing the work to cleanse it and clear it that helps you up level the fastest. So good. Yeah. I love it. And um, as, a, as I predicted, an hour flew by very quickly <laughs> oh here. Oh my gosh, it's been an hour? Uh, I know. <laughs> what? Every, every person, every person, that's usually the, the response again. It's like, what? No way. Is We've really? transcended the third dimension yeah, exactly. to the fourth that's of right. time. <laughs> um, Sadie, thanks so much for being here. Is there anything, um, is there anything that you want to share in closing with anybody listening? Um, yes. Yes, there is. I would like to share that no matter what you have gone through in your life, no matter what experiences you've had, no matter what challenges you are facing, no matter what areas might feel weak or might feel hard or scary, there is always a solution and there is always a way to break through. It is not necessary to be stuck in your circumstance. It is not necessary to be stuck in negative emotion, to be stuck in limiting belief, to hold on to these core wounds for your entire life. I've seen people go through their whole lives just living out their patterns and not experiencing what presence can really feel like and what, you know, joy can really feel like. And I want the most in my heart, I want people to be able to experience peace and to to know that that exists, to know that that's available to them. Mm. Whatever they might be experiencing or challenges or whatever hard things that might be going on in their life, there is a way to experience peace from that. Beautiful. Yeah. Lovely. Well said. Thank you. Thank you. Where can people find you if they want to find you? I mean, I'm kind of under a rock at the moment. <laughs> no, not really, but kind of. I live under a rock a little bit. I don't like looking into news and I'm like on social media a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I am writing a book at the moment. Sweet. So once that gets released, I might be a little bit more out of underneath my rock. (laughs) But people can find me on my website, sadieackerman.com. Cool. And on Instagram, I really post inconsistently, but it's Sadie Elizabeth with four E's in the middle. Okay, four Um, E's, shout out to the four E's. Yeah, four E's, Sadie Elizabeth. And... Yeah, that's that's pretty much the only cool. place you can find me. Awesome. <laughs> I Easy like enough. to I like to be a little bit on the DL. I like it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, thank you very much. So much love to you. Thanks for all the work thank that you. you're doing. Love and to you as well. um, I can't wait for our next conversation because yeah. we've got plenty more to talk about. Oh, so much. <laughs> There's know. literally so much more. I know. <laughs> I right, love Sadie. it. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Thanks.